Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Dav Zayin, Dav 7 of Masechta Yevamis. Friends, um, Dav Zayin is another Gishmak Edaf over here. Wait, uh-oh, one second, my chair. Oh, what do I do? Uh-oh, one second, the chair's on even. One second, give me a second. Alright, I think this will be fine. Anyways, friends, so we're on a mission over here and we're trying to figure out, you know, sort of the intricacies of um, Yibum and the Arayos that it's not allowed for, right? And we said that essentially they all come, right? We've basically been having the same introduction every single DAF, like the last three DAFs, because we still haven't found a conclusion yet. And that is that um, basically... Of course, going back to the original Mishnah, we said that there are 15 um, arayos that would not be, would not work for Yibum, let's say, right? Meaning, because as we've been saying, the whole concept of Yibum, aside from being strange, <laughs> is that you have this relationship that is generally prohibited, your brother's wife, and nonetheless, in the context of Yibum, it's allowed. And yet we have these other 15 arayos which remain prohibited. And we had said that that was because, so it, it's all learned out from your wife's sister, which is a relationship which is prohibited. And, um, and, uh, and, right, it's a, your wife's sister is a relationship that's prohibited. And even in the context of Yibum, it's prohibited. And we said that that is learned out because we have a Gzeri and it says Aleo by Yibum, Yavamayavo Aleo, and it says Aleo also in the context of um, sleeping with your wife's sister to teach us that even in the context of Yibum, um, you know, you would not do Yibum with your wife's sister. Now, the assumption being that if we would not have that Kazeira Shava, then we would assume that Yibum would apply to your wife's sister, and the question is why. So we've been trying to um, frame it as a situation of that is a positive commandment. There is a negative commandment not to sleep with your wife's sister. And therefore, I would have assumed that the ase is doche de lo And therefore, right, and that yibum would even therefore apply with your wife's sister. Comes the Gezer Shavuot to say, no, it does not. Now we've been trying to find a source for why we would assume that Ase is Doche Lo Tase in this case. And we, we've been kind of having a hard time. Our last, our latest attempt was to teach it from the context of Lo Sivari in the context of Misas uh, Bezdin, to assume that Ase would be Doche Lo Tase. But, uh, right, and even, even in situations where there's Karis, but then we ended up saying, no, it's a Kalva Chomer, and it has nothing to do with Asei Dochelot Asei. So we're still trying to figure out what would be the reason why we would assume that by default, if we wouldn't have the Gzeir Shava to teach me that Yibum does not apply to your wife's sister, so um, we would have assumed that Yibum would otherwise apply to your wife's sister. And the question is, why would we have assumed that? And we're, we're kind of struggling to find that source. Now, Frekti Gemara, Zopti Gemara, Frekti Gemara, we're on Dav Zayin Amud Aleph, about 10 lines into the page. Says the uh, Gemara, Ulamai de Salika daite me ikaridasi esse vidachilo saise. Okay. Now, 
If you remember back to the Brisa that we quoted yesterday in the context of um, that you don't kindle a flame wherever you live on Shabbos. And we said it's taught, it's, it's in the context of Misas Bezdin, that I may have thought that Misas Bezdin would be Docha Shabbos because there's, because there's a positive commandment that says Vehumos and he's got to be killed. And yet, and it would be Docha, the negative commandment of, um, of, Lasaisakom uh, of do not do Melacha on Shabbos. So first we had the Abminit to say that Asay would be Docha Lotase. And then for whatever reason we had the Abminit to say that, wait, maybe you would not do Misas Bezdin on Shabbos. And then we flip back and said, wait, maybe actually you would do Misas Bezdin on Shabbos. So, that which we had initially, um, um, that which had initially entered our mind, which is to say, that, um, that the positive commandment of the humas, of, uh, of killing this fellow, would override the negative commandment of of don't do on Shabbos. So my o eno Well, then what's the flip side, right? Meaning the brisa kind of started off by saying that I would assume that misas bezin would be docha Shabbos. Then it flipped to say, wait, maybe though misas bezin is not docha Shabbos. And then we go back and say, no, misas bezin maybe is docha Shabbos. What what's sort of the the the, the thought process here? Right, so we want to say that. Well, the the part, the first part of it is that we would assume that ase that behumas, the positive commandment of that that we have to kill this fellow, would override the negative commandment of losai sukomalacha. Okay, now my oeno de commerce. Now, what was the flip side? What was sort of the pushback to say that maybe Mrs. Bezdin would not be docha Shabbos? Hachikomer. So this is sort of the, 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 um, opposite argument. Um, where am I? Did I skip? This is So then, what do we do with, when, when we say that anybody who does Malacha on Shabbos, is Machal Shabbos, has to, um, be killed, right? Meaning, according to the first way to understand the Brisa. Which is that Asay would be Dochilota Asay. And therefore you would do Misas Bezdin on Shabbos. So then what do you do with the puzzle? It says, Mchalemos Yumos, that anybody who desecrates the Shabbos is Chayv Misa. How can you do Misas Bezdin on Shabbos if it's Chilul Shabbos? So Bishar Melachos Chutzmi Misas Bezdin. So that would be by other Melachis, not Misas Bezdin. Misas Bezdin you do on Shabbos. But other Melachis, if you do them on Shabbos, you're Chayv Misa. But Misas Bezdin, Dochi Shabbos. Because we would say that the positive commandment of Vuhumas is Doch the Lotase of Lesais Komalacho, Hadur Omar, and then the Gemara then counters and says, wait, Amar Darmino Dasi Esse Vidachi Losaise, Losaise Greda. But one second, I can make the argument that when do we say, Ase Doche Lotase, when it's just a plain old Lotase. But maybe in this case, where we're talking about a, a mitzvah slota say that you're being mechal Shabbos and you're bechayv karis, maybe I would not say that say is dochelota say. Okay, so that's kind of both ways that you can, right? That's the ping pong there, right? That meaning that the havmina was to say that you should do misas bezdin on Shabbos because the asay of humas would override the, the lota say of losai Then the Gemara pushed back and says, wait, but maybe I'll say asay dochelota say just by a regular. 
Lo tase. I don't know. Shatnis and tzitzis. Not chayiv karis or anything. But over here on Shabbos, when we're talking about chilul Shabbos, where you'll be chayiv karis for being mechal Shabbos, maybe I would not say. I say do chilot hasei hader amar to which the gemara says wait but maybe I'll say or to essay doche eslosase lavlo saise chomer mine but one second the whole construct of asei do chilot hasei is that we're saying that this positive commandment which is not as stringent as the negative commandment nonetheless overrides the negative commandment after all if you violate the negative commandment we're going to whip you. It's Malkos. That's pretty significant. I don't want to get whipped. Do you want to get whipped? No, you don't. And therefore, the whole concept of Asei Do is already like a Shtikol Chiddush. You have this positive commandment that's overriding this negative commandment that's pretty intense in that if you violate this negative commandment, you get whipped. So, and nonetheless, this positive commandment is Docha, the negative commandment. And therefore, what's the difference if it's a little bit more stringent or if it's a lot more stringent? The fact that the, the construct remains, which is that a positive commandment is overriding this negative commandment, which is more stringent than it. So, we started off in this b'risa by saying that, well, maybe the asei v'humas is Docha, the lota asei of then we said, wait, but maybe I'll say that Asay is Doche Lota Asay when it's just a regular Lota Asay. But in terms of Chil Shabbos, where it's a Lota Asay that has cars, maybe I would not say Asay Doche Lota Asay, to which the Gemara counters and says, no, why should I say that? Why should I say that it depends, that sometimes it depends what the Lota Asay is? If it's a regular Lota Asay, then we'll say Asay Doche Lota Asay. But if it's a Lota Asay that has cars, then we don't. Why? Based on what? The whole concept of Asei Dochelotase says is that this positive commandment is overriding a negative commandment that has a punishment associated with it. What's the difference if it's a little punishment or a big punishment? The fact of the matter is that the Asei, the mitzvah Asei, is being Doche, a mitzvah Slotase, which is more stringent than it. Who cares if it's a lot stringent or a little stringent? So therefore I would argue that Asei is Dochelotase, even by Chil uh, Shabbos, even by Misas Bezin on Shabbos. To which the Gemara, the Bryce then says, no, the Pazak says, that do not kindle any flames uh, wherever you are. And we said that, we learned that uh, from, it says Moshavos, also by Mitzvah Bezdin. So therefore, it, what it's saying is that you don't, Mechal Shabbos, to like burn, you know, heat up hot lead to pour down a fellow's throat um, to kill him. Okay. There you are. Now, Ela Itzturch. Now we get to this Gishmake thing. So that was very nice. So we just explained the whole Asei Dochelota Asei thing in the context of that uh, Brisa. But ultimately that Brisa, right, we had Rav Shimi Barashi who said that um, we had Rav Shimi Barashi. Whenever I see Rav Shimi Barashi, the Gemara, I always think of my Chavar uh, Shimi Winter. I haven't seen him in a long time because uh, I, don't, I don't really see anybody. You guys might think I'm joking, but I'm not. No, you probably don't think I'm joking. I'll go upon him. I saw Hillel Lester on Shabbos. I went for a walk in the afternoon. I think he was a little surprised to see me. I'll go upon him. It was very nice to see him. Anyways, so, so, um, I'll go upon him. So, what were we talking? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Ah, shimmy, shimmy winter. I haven't seen him in a long time. Maybe even since I'm back in Eretz Yisrael since June. Yeah. I'll go upon him. 
So, 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 we, so Shimon Barashi ultimately said that the whole thing by Mises Bezin is not a question of Asei Dochelotase, it's a question of Kavachomer, right? We may have thought to say that, uh, that Ritzicha is Dochavoda, Voda is Dochashavis, therefore Ritzicha should be Dochashavis, right? That whole thing was a Kavachomer, it's not about Asei Dochelotase. So therefore, friends, we're still sort of, what, what's that called? Like grasping for sticks or something? We're picking up sticks, grasping for something. I don't, we're, we're trying to figure out why would we assume that uh, short of this Gezeir Shava by Yibum that tells me that you don't do Yibum with your wife's sister, by default I would have assumed that you do. The question is why? And we're struggling um, 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 to find that source. So says the Gemara, Ela Itzdrich, rather, I need the Gezer Shava of Alel, Alel, in the context of Yibum, because by default, Sakadaitech Amina, I would have said, your friends, you ready for this? It's very Gishmak. Tahave, Hai Eishes Och, Dover Shehoyo Bechlal, Vyotzim Naklal Lelamed, Lo Lelamed Al Atzmo Yotzo, Ela Lelamed Al Klal Kulo Yotzo. Ha ha! Friends, anybody say the paragraph of Rabbi Shmuel Omer in the morning when, you, when you're praying? So it's basically the, the Yud Gimomidos, the 13 principles that we, that we use to expound the Torah. And uh, you know, if you say that paragraph, so I'm, I'm sure that you've said this part, right? And maybe you were wondering, what in the world does that mean? I've never heard of that. How is it actually used? What is it, what does it do? What is this construct? Well, on Davzain of Masech de Yavamis, we will explore it. So I may have thought to say, Tavi, hi, Eishes Och, the wife of your brother, right? If we take Ruvain, Shimon, Sare, Rivke, so Ruvain is married to Sare. So for Shimon, so what's Sare? Sara is Shimon's brother Ruven's wife. Now, Shimon is not allowed to marry Sara. If, if Ruven and Sara get divorced, Shimon cannot marry Sara. Um, yet nonetheless, right, let's read that again. That, um, your brother's wife, in this case Sara, was something that was included in all of the other Arayos, i.e., you're not allowed to sleep with your brother's wife. And it was extracted from the general rule. I.e., when it comes to Yibum, all of a sudden, it's no long, she's no longer prohibited. All of a sudden, Sarah is no longer prohibited to Shimon. All of a sudden, they're encouraged to do Yibum. So, Sarah's, right, meaning, uh, Eishas, oh, Sarah's being removed from the rest of the Arayos to say that now actually you're permitted to Sarah. It's, Lolilamir al-Atzmo Yotza. It doesn't end with just Sarah. Elalilamir al-Klalkulo Yotza. It teaches about the entire general rule, i.e., all Arayos. And therefore, I would have assumed that Yibum does apply to your wife's sister. Because just like it's a Chiddush to say that Yibum applies to your brother's wife, i.e. regular Yibum, right? Your brother dies without children, you marry his wife. So, because 
in the context of Yibum, your brother's wife is waived, I may have thought that actually, you know, one person being waived then goes back and applies to the entire group of all the Arayos being waived and that, and that Yibum, I would have assumed by default, would apply even also to your wife's sister as well. The Tanis will learn in the Brisa, if you have something that was included in a general rule, and it was removed from the general rule, it wasn't only removed to teach about it itself, rather about the entire uh, group. What, how exactly does this play out, says the Brisa? Here's an example. That if a fellow eats shlomim, when he's Tomei. So he is Chayiv uh, Koris. Now, there's another Pasuk that says, um, it's not in the Gemara, but it's a Pasuk, Vayikur Chavvez Gimel, it says, Emor Aleim Ledorosechim Kolisha Shayikur Mikolzarachim Elakodshim Ashoyakdishu Bnei Yisrael Hashem V'tumasu Olav V'nichus Hanav Shemik Melifnei Hashem That anybody who sort of eats any Kodshim in a state of Tumah, so he's Chayiv Koris. So we already know from the other pasuk that I just read, the second pasuk, that somebody who eats any kodshim is going to be chayiv kars. So then we have this pasuk that says, that anybody who eats a shlomim in a state of tumah is chayiv kars. One second. But we already had a verse that says any kodshim that you eat in a state of tumah you can be chayiv karis. So mimele, that includes shlomim. So v'loma yatsu. So then how come we're, 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 we're singling out shlomim? What's special about shlomim? We already had the first pasuk. It says any kachim, if you eat it when you're tummy, you're chayiv karis. So why single out shlomim after that? Just keep quiet. And I already know shlomim from the first pasuk that says any kachim. So v'loma yatsu, how come we singled out shlomim? To compare to the shlomim v'lomalach, and to say to you, mashlomim yuchadim kachim is beach. Well, because just like shlomim is is kachim that goes on the altar on the mizbeach, afko kachim is beach. Then also, when we talk about eating these animals that are kachim and yuchayv karis, it's animals that are like shlomim, i.e., that they go on the mizbeach yotzu kachim bedekabayis, to the exclusion of bedekabayis. For example, if I uh, donate an animal, a sheep epis, to the Beis Amikdash so that it can be sold and its money will go towards the temple upkeep. So in that case, it's not a korban, it's not going on the, on the Mizbeach. So if I were to eat it, so I would not be chayv karis. So even though we have the first pasuk that says that anybody who eats kachim is gonna, and he's tomei, so he's chayv karis. So then that, it sounds like that would imply, uh, that, that would apply to all kachim, including even bedekabais, if I donated a, if I donate an animal for the bedekabais and I eat it in a state of tumma, I'd be chayiv karis. So therefore, the pasuk says, no, we have the second pasuk that says, that specifically chayiv karis if you eat a shlomim in a state of tumma. And we learn from that that the rule of right, the techiyuv karis for eating kachim in a state of tumma is only kachim that are similar to uh, uh, shlomim. I.e. that they go on the Mizbeach to the exclusion of um, Bedekabais, which does not go on the Mizbeach, and therefore, bring, you know, bring, bringing it home to Yibum, 
I would have thought to say that my brother's wife, in our example, Sare, was initially ushered to Shimon as his brother Ruven's wife. How come it was removed from that group in order to, and, 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 and uh, teaching me that um, all of a sudden Shimon is allowed to be with Sare via Yibum. So and now we should compare to Sare, compare to your brother's wife. And to say to you, and to say that well, just like your brother's wife all of a sudden is permitted, so also all the Arayus are permitted, including even um, your wife's sister. And therefore I would assume by default that Yibum would apply to your wife's sister. Therefore, I need the Kavach, the Gzere of Aleo, Aleo, to teach me that Yibum does not apply to uh, your wife's sister. Oh, friends, no? Friends, what do you have to tell me over here? This is, this is, this is, this is, uh, and what do you want me to tell you? It, it, it really it, it gets your whole being into this daf of Gemara. This daf of Gemara, your whole body is overtaken with the sugya. Let's go weiter. the Gemara mi domi. The Gemara says, hold your horses. Sure, that was very gishmak. Sure, that was very gewaldic. But it's not necessarily accurate. Apples and oranges. You cannot compare the davar shahaya bechlav v'yatsum naklal, etc., of korbanis to what's happening with ibum. Because by korbanis, we have two things that are also. Basically, we're saying that eating kachim, all, right, any kachim in a state of tumah is also in your chayav kars. We also say that eating shlamim in a state of tumah you're also, right, is also in your Chayev Kares. And so both things are Aser. But we're trying to understand what is it trying to teach us by, by singling out Shlomim. Oh, what it's teaching us is that it goes on the Mizbeach. But they're already sort of consistent. They're both things that are Aser and that you're Chayev Kares for. That's not the case by Arayos and Yibu. It's the opposite. What does it mean when we say that your brother's wife was included in all the other Arayos to say that it's Aser? You're not allowed to sleep with your brother's wife. And then it's saying, and it left that group to say that it's mutter. That you're allowed to be with your brother's wife in the context of yibum. So it's not like uh, kodshim, where both, you know, the general kodshim rule and the shlamim are the same thing, i.e. your chayiv karis. Here it's taka the opposite. Initially, your brother's wife was included with the rest of the prohibitions uh, the rest of the forbidden relationships and it, it, it was then singled out not to continue to say that it's also but to say that now it's permitted in the context of Yibum which makes it sort of not comparable to the Kachim case so again Midami are these two cases similar or awesome when it comes to Kachim the general rule that you have cars for eating Kachim and the specific rule that you have cars for eating Shlomim they're both Aser. You're both Chayv Karis. Hacha, Klal Be'iser, the general rule is 
in the forbidden, i.e., that you're not right that right that uh, your brother's wife was included with all the other rivals to say that it's Osir, Ufrat Beheter, and then it was singled out to say that it's Mutter to sleep with your brother's wife in the context of Yibum. So ha lodami ela. So rather, you know what the situation by Yibum and being all of a sudden permitted to your brother's wife, you know what that's similar to? The Dovr Shahayu Bichlal, also from Rabbi Shmuel Omer. The Dovr Shahayu Bichlal, Vyotsu Lidom, Bedavra Chodosh, Shiata Yochul Achzir Lichlalo, Ajachzrenu Lchakosuf Beferish. Friend, does that, does that ring a bell from Rabbi Shmuel Omer? It's similar, let's read that again. Ela Lidovr Shahayu Bichlal, to something that was included in the general rule, i.e., in our case, your brother's wife. And it was taken out of the general rule. The general rule being that you're not allowed to be with your brother's wife, just like you're not allowed to be with any of the arayos. Right, it was taken out of the general rule. Should teach me something new. What is it teaching me that's new? It's teaching me that all of a sudden there's a big chiddush here. All of a sudden, in the context of yibum. Now you're allowed to be with your brother's wife. That now you can't then go back and apply it back to the rest of the group of Arayos. Until the Torah specifically tells you that to, to apply it back to the general rule. I.e., by default, if something is taken out of the general rule and there's something new taught about it, so then it's only for that specific case. You can't apply it back to the rest of the group. And therefore, if we're saying that your brother's wife was included with all the rest of the forbidden relationships that you're not allowed to be with, and then it was taken out, your brother's wife was removed from that group, to say that in the context of Yibum, you're allowed to be with your brother's wife, well then, it's, it ends there. It's, it's limited to your brother's wife and that's it. Unless the pasuk then tells you that you can now go and apply it back. But if it doesn't, so then it applies only to the exception. In this case, it would apply only to your brother's wife and that's it. The Tanya is learned by If you have something that was initially included in the general rule, and then it was taken out of the general rule in order to teach me something new about this specific case. You cannot then go and apply it back to the rest of to the rest of the group until the pasuk specifically tells you to apply it to the rest of the group. Kate said, "What's an example of this?" In the context of the Asher Mitzorah. That Mitzorah, when he is now Tahor, right, after uh, he becomes pure, so he brings Korbanis, he brings an Oshom. Uh, so it says, akeves, You'll slaughter the Oshom Mitzorah, the sheep, bimkom in the place where you slaughter the, the sin offering, Vesa'ola, and the Ola offering, bimkom akodesh, in the holy part, i.e., in the north of the Azar. Because the chatos is like the ashram. What, what's with this chatos ashram thing? That um, right, it doesn't need to say that an ashram is like a chatos, as Rashi points out. Like, what, 
Meaning, why does it have to go back and say that the Asham is like the Khatas? In what way? That you slaughter it in the north? It already says that Vishachat Sakev is Bim Komashish Khatas Khatas. So you're going to slaughter the Asham Mitzara in the same place we slaughtered the Khatas. So when it then goes back and says, Ki Khatas or Asham that the Asham is like the Khatas, what's it teaching us? So why does it say that? Why does it say that the Asham is like the Khatas? Well, because initially, the Asham of Mitzorah was just included, was just like every other Asham. It's an Asham. What do you want me to tell you? But all of a sudden, we're singling out the Asham of a Mitzorah. And we're teaching something new about it. To teach me something new, that a Mitzorah, when he becomes pure, so we apply blood to the the thumb of his hand, the thumb of his foot, Hayamanus of the right one. Okay. So 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 the Asham of Mitzorah was singled out because there's something unique to the Asham of Mitzorah in that you apply blood to his the thumb of his hand, the thumb of his right foot. So now Frektigamar, Yacholo Yeton, Matandom Vemurum Lagabim is Bayah. Well, is it possible that, well, now that we've singled out the Asham of the Mitzorah to single it out from all the other Ashams, to say that the Asham of Mitzorah, you put blood on the fellow's thumbs, well, then I might think that the Asham of Mitzorah is completely unique. Maybe I don't even put any blood... Right? Maybe I don't even put any blood or any specified parts in the Mizbeach. Maybe the only thing I do by, 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 by an Asher Mitzorah is that I put some blood on the fellow's fingers and toes. Right? Is, 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 is right thumb, is right toe, thumb thing, big one. So I might think that that's it. That that's the only thing that you do with an Ashim. You don't actually put any blood in the Mizbech. You don't put any, any parts of the animal in the Mizbech. Therefore it says, no, the Ashim is like a Chathos. Just like by Korban Chathos, blood and parts of the animal go on the Mizbech. Also the Ashim it does have blood and parts of the animal that go on the Mizbeach, the Elo Ahadre Kra. And if the Pasuk didn't specifically go back and tell me to put the blood and the parts of the animal on the Mizbeach, Hava Amina, I may have thought, Lamai de Nofak Nofak, Lamai de Lonofak Lonofak, that that which it was taken out and described about specifically, only that applies, and whatever wasn't mentioned doesn't apply. Right, meaning the Havamina was that the that the Ashram was initially just like every other Ashram, but then it was taken out of the of the category and specified that you put the blood on the person's fingers and feet. So then I might think that well, that's the only thing you do with the Ashram. To which the Pasuk therefore had to then say, wait, Kikachata so Ashamula Hashem, wait, no, this khata, this Ashram, sure there's something unique, which is the blood on the fingers and feet, but it's also like a chatas in that the blood still goes on the mizbeach, the parts of the animal, animal go on the mizbeach, but we only know that because the pasuk had to go back and tell us that. Hachanami, and therefore here also, when it comes to your brother's wife, 
that she initially was included with the rest of the Arayos, i.e. that they would be also, right, that Sarah would be also to Shimon. But now, your brother's wife was singled out to teach something new, which is that in the context of Yibam, all of a sudden Shimon and Sarah, you know, are, are able to be together and do Yibam. So, Havamina Eishas the Ishtara, Ishtara, Shayarayos Lo. Therefore, I'll say here as well that what's, you know, what's singled out is what's permitted, but that's it. I.e., only your brother's wife, right? Ruvain died. Now Sarah is permitted to Shimon, but that's it. If there was also, you know, if, 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 if Sarah, if, if Shimon, however, was, was, was married to Rivke, who was Sarah's sister, which means that by marrying Sarah, he's also marrying his wife's sister, that would not be allowed because only marrying your brother's wife is what's allowed. Marrying your sister, your, your, your wife's sister, would not be allowed. And therefore, um, we're kind of back to square one again. Well, then how, what's, why are we assuming that by default, um, you would do Yibum with your wife's sister, right? We had just said, right, the last thing that we just said was, you know, we had, well, we had, let, let's say this. We had initially tried to say that it's a, um, initially wanted to say, well, maybe just like you can do Yibum with your brother's wife, maybe you can do Yibum with any of the Arayos, to which we said, no, it's not like that. Rather, it's that no, rather it's similar to a situation where you had something included, which was then taken out to teach something new. It's limited to that thing only, unless the Pasuk specifically tells you to bring it back, but the Pasuk didn't specifically say that in this case. And therefore, we'll say that Yibum only applies to your brother's wife. It does not, Yibum does not apply to your wife's sister. Wow. Woo. This is like a workout. I don't exercise or anything, but I learned Avzayin and Masechti Yavamis. Maybe it counts for something. So, back to square one. Why would we assume that I would do Yibum with my wife's sister? Rather, I may have, it enters your mind to say, Taisi bomemo tzinu the Gemara says, well, look, if, if we, if we spend like three daf already trying to figure this out and we haven't found the solution, well, let me just try this. Because, but Memotzino, they'll say, look, well, you know, since we haven't uh, succeeded in sort of more empirical ways, well, let's just try to make the argument of, well, I don't know. If, if I do Yibum with my brother's wife, so I don't know, I'll also do Yibum if, if, even if she ends up, if she happens to be my wife's sister as well. I don't know, just like it works with my brother's wife, so also it works with my wife's sister. Okay. But then the Gemara immediately says, what? But me dummy? Those two cases aren't similar. You can't just say that. You can't just say because. You can't just say that, well, I don't know. Yibum works with my brother's sister, with my brother's wife, and that's something that isn't usually allowed. So then, I don't know, let's just say that it also works with my wife's sister, which usually isn't allowed. But those aren't similar. They're different because 
your brother's wife is only one thing that is usher and becoming permitted, i.e. that you're not allowed to marry your brother's wife, but now in the context of Yibum you are. But when your brother's wife is also your wife's sister, right? If Reuven and Shimon are brothers and Sarah and Rivka are sisters and Reuven is married to Sarah and Shimon is married to Rivka and then Reuven dies without children. So when Shimon marries Sarah, he's marrying his brother's wife, sure, but he's also marrying his wife's sister. That's two sort of problems. So therefore, even though Enochinami, yes, Yibum dictates that you can marry your brother's wife, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't necessarily assume that you can marry your brother's wife when she's also your wife's sister. Ho ho. Ma'udetema. So the Gemara says, but I may have thought to say all of history, history. Says the Gemara, yeah, but I may have thought to say that once it's permitted, it's permitted. Kilu. One, one, two, who cares? The point is that there was a situation where that was not allowed, and now it is allowed. Does it matter if we're talking about one thing that wasn't allowed or two things that wasn't allowed? I may have thought that once, you know, I'm not, in general, I'm not allowed to be with my brother's wife. All of a sudden, in the context of Yibum, I am. So I may have thought that once Yibum comes to say that these forbidden relationships are all of a sudden permitted, I might think to say it's permitted whether it's just my brother's wife or whether it's my brother's wife who happens to also be my wife's sister. Yibum comes to say that it's all allowed. And how do we know this concept of once it's permitted, it's permitted? The Tanya, as we learn in Abraisim Mitzorah, Shechoshmini Shilobeva Pesach, Kivaldi. So you have a fellow, he's a Mitzorah. And now the eighth day of his purification process, the day that he, that, right, that he brings the Korbanus, he's a Mechusrach Kippurim that day, right? On day seven, he, um, you know, shaved his head, went to the mikvah, all that kind of stuff. He was, he was a tful yom until that night. Comes day eight. That's the day that he's got to bring his korbanis. And, um, and, uh, he's a mechusr kippur. He brings his korbanis that day. And then he, he brings his asher mitzore. He puts the blood on his hands and his fingers and all that kind of stuff. And his feet. And then that night, you can eat the Korban Pesach with everybody else. So, Mitzorah Shoshmini Shiloh Be'erva Pesach. A Mitzorah that day 8, the day that he brings his Korbanus, falls out on Erev Pesach. But guess what happens? Keri Bobayom. But, he also saw Keri. He also saw Keri that day. Now, a Balkeri is not allowed to go into the Harabayas. Right, we, we learned uh, these Gemaras in Mesech Psachim. Right, of course, there's Machne Shechina, Machne Leviya, Machne Yisrael. So the Azara is Machne Shechina. Outside of the Azara is Machne Leviya. Outside of Harabayas, right, meaning Harabayas is Machne Leviya. Outside of Harabayas is Machne Yisrael. Now, Tumas Meis, uh, Tumas Sheretz, Tumas Nevela, these tumas are allowed in the Harabais, they're just not allowed in the Azar. Tumas Zov, Tumas Mitzora, Tumas uh, Balkeri are not even allowed on Harabais either. Mitzora has to be thrown out of all three Machnos. But um, a Zov and a Balkeri 
are thrown are, are not allowed on Harabayas. And therefore, so this Mitzorah, so he's now, I mean, he's no longer a Mitzorah, right? Day seven, he became pure, he went to the mikvah, he was a Tvoyom for the rest of the day. It's now the next day, he's allowed on Harabayas, he's a Mechutzah Kippurim, he's not allowed into the Azara, but, um, but, but he's allowed on Harabayas. But then he sees Kerry. And about Kerry is not allowed on Harabayas. So Vitoval, if he goes to the mikvah that day, on day eight, so he's about Kerry, went to the mikvah, he's still a Tvul Yom for that day. And a Tvul Yom for Kerry would not be allowed to go on to Harabayas. So Omru, Chachom, the Chachom said, Apopishein Tvul Yom Acher Nichnos. Even though in general we would say that a Tvul Yom who, uh, uh, the, who, uh, a Balkari Tvulyom would not go on Harabayas. Nonetheless, Zenichnos. In this particular case, the Tvulyom of a, of, of a Balkari, who's also a Mitzorah, who's a Mechusr Kippurim, would be allowed on Harabayas so that he can go and get the blood on his hands and his feet so that that night he can eat the Korban Pesach. Mutav Shiavu Essay Shiesh Bokaris, because better that the Mitzvah's Essay that has Karis associated with it, i.e. Um, Korban Pesach, right? It's a positive commandment to offer the Korban Pesach. And if you don't offer the Korban Pesach, Rechayev Karis. So if that should come, V'yitcha Eseh She'en Bo Karis. And that should override the essay that doesn't have Karis associated with it, i.e. V'yishalchu Min Amachne. Right? It says V'yishalchu Min Amachne called Tzaro V'chol Zav V'chol something. So, um, so the positive commandment to throw these people out of Mach, you know, what is ultimately Machna Levia, i.e., to say that, um, a, 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 a Balkari, and it's William of a Balkari, is not allowed on Harabayas. So that's an assay that does not have a Chiyuv Kars associated with it. So the assay of Korban Pesach, which has a Chiyuv Kars, Right, i.e., that we want this person to be able to eat the Korban Pesach that night, this Mitzorah who just needs to go, he goes into Harabais and he stands in Shar Nikonor, which is not whole, does not have Kedusha Sazara, and he sticks his hands into the Azara and they then put blood on his hands and feet. Then he can eat the Korban Pesach that night, but he needs to go to Shar Nikonor, and he has to go on Harabais, of course, to get to Shar Nikonor. And he can't go if he's a, if he's a Balkari, even if he's a Tvoyom of Balkari, he can't go on Harabais. So he said, yes, but let's, Say that the um, mitzvah asay of korban pesach, which has karis associated with it, if you don't offer it, should override the mitzvah asay vishalchum and amachne to throw away the um, balkari out of the camp. So, and we're gonna so, and we're gonna say that because we're gonna give precedence to the korban pesach, he's allowed to go on harabayas to go to Shar Nikonor so that they can put blood on his hands and feet, and then that night he'll be able to eat the korban pesach. <clears throat> From Rabbi Yochanan says Rabbi Yochanan, Tvar Torah Afilu Essay Leizbe, and says Rabbi Yochanan, even me the Oraisa. The fact of the matter is that a Balkari being sent away from the Harabayas is not even a mitzvah saseh of Bishachum and Amachne. Shneimar, as the pasuk says, Vayamud Yoshafat Bikal Yehuda, that Yoshafat stood among uh, the 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 people of Judah, the congregation of Judah, Lifnei Achatzer Achadasha, before the new. Um, courtyard, my chatzar achadasha. What's the new courtyard? Amr Biochim Chachid Shubadvarim. 
that they made a chiddush ve'amut tvoyom lo'ikanis machne levia, and they said that a tvoyom cannot go into um, the machne levia, the camp of the Levites, i.e., Harabayis. So Rabbi Yochanan wants to argue that it's even um, that, that a balkari not on the Harabayis is even just a dinder um, abonon. Even it's not even midoraisa. Okay, fine. So very good. So givadik. So what are we saying? So we're saying that this guy who was a Mitzorah and now it's day eight and it's the day that he's got to bring his korbanus. So we say that he comes into Harabayas and as a Mechusar Kippurim and he sticks his hand, he goes to Shai Nikno and he sticks his hand to the Azar and they put blood on his hands and his, and his feet. But he ends up being a Balkari. Now Balkari in general can't go into Harabayas and that would preclude him from being able to go to Shai Nikno. But we say, let's waive the Balkariness. Okay, fine. So essentially, what do you have? You have this guy, he's a Mechusr Kippurim, and he's a Balkari. All right, so now we're already getting somewhere, right? I.e., that reminiscent of Ruven and Shimon and Sara and, 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 and Rivke, i.e., Sara is both Shimon's brother's wife and also, and also his wife's sister. So now, coming back to our case of Mitzorah. So you have this guy, it's Erev Pesach. It's day eight of his purification process. He's a Mechusr Kippurim, but he's also a Tvoyom of a Balkari. So, that's two reasons to say that um, he would not be allowed to go into the Azar. So, let's go weiter for a second. Vamar Ula, Matam, Okay. So now, one thing that's important to understand about the opinion of Ula is that Ula holds that Bia B'mitzah Shema Bia, that even if part of your body goes into the Azara, so then it's considered like your whole body went to the Azara. And therefore, this Balkari, even if he's allowed on Harabayas, he's not allowed into the Azara. And if he goes into the Azara, I think he's Chayv Karis. Like you're not allowed to do that. And says Ula, Ula's opinion so, okay, now going back to the Mitzorah, what does the Mitzorah do? So the Mitzorah, on day 8 of his purification process, he brings a Korban Asham, an Asham Mitzorah, and then he goes to Shar Nikonor, which is, is not, does not have the holiness of the Azara, but then he goes to Shar Nikonor and he sticks his hands into the Azara, and the Kohen then applies blood to his hands and to his feet. Now, according to Ula, partially sticking your body into the Azara is as if you stuck your whole body into the Azara and your Chayev Karis. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that obviously a Mitzorah, who is a Mechusr Kippurim on day 8, and a Mechusr Kippurim is not allowed to go into the Azara, he's going to be Chayev Karis. And Ula's opinion in general is that even if you partially go into the Azara, it's like you entirely went into the Azara. But, in the context of a Mitzorah, who is a Mechusr Kippurim, that's like, you know, by definition, Mitzorah on day 8, when he's bringing his Korbanus, right, before he's done bringing his Korbanus, he's a Mechusr Kippurim, Nonetheless, he's allowed to stick his hand into the Azara. So the Torah says, the Torah says that. The Torah says that in Mitzorah, on day 8, when he's in Mechusr Kippurim, he's allowed to stick his hands into the Azara so that you could put blood on his hands and feet. Now, Ula is saying that this guy who is in Mitzorah, and it's day 8, and then he becomes a Balkari. So, according to Ula, fine, granted that... The Mitzorah is allowed to stick his hands into the Azara because the Torah says he's allowed to. But what about the fact that he's a Balkari? A Balkari who sticks his hands into the Azara 
is going to be Chayv Karis. And the Torah never says that a Balkari is allowed to stick his hands into the Azara, that a Balkari is allowed to go into the Azara. So therefore, even though granted that the, he's allowed to stick his hands into the Azara from the, based on the fact that he's a uh, Mitzorah on the, on the eighth day of his purification process. But what about the fact that he's a Balkari? Why is he allowed to st- stick his hands into the Azara as a Balkari? So you know what Ula says? But since he's allowed to stick his hands into the Azara as part of the purification process for Mitzorah, and even though a, a Mechusr Kippurim is not allowed to stick his hands into the Azara according to Ula, because that even partially putting your hands into the Azara, it's like you put your entire body into the Azara. So even though uh, in general you would not be allowed to stick your hands into the Azara as a Mechusr uh, Kippurim, but since it's allowed in the context of the fact that he's a Mitzorah on the, on the eighth day of his purification process, well then it's also then allowed and waived in the context of the fact that he's also a Balkari. That since it was permitted for the Mitzorah, then we're also going to apply it and say that it's permitted for the, for the fact that he's a Balkari as well. The entire thing is permitted. And therefore, I would think to say that since um, Yibum is permitted by your brother's wife, right? Even though in general, uh, you would not be allowed to marry your brother's wife, but Yibum is permitted for your brother's wife, well, then it's also going to be permitted even if your brother's wife happens to also be your wife's sister. Because since it's permitted for one, it's permitted for the other as well. And therefore, I would think that you would be, that you would do Yibum even if your brother's wife is also your wife's sister. And that's why we need the, um, Gzeir Shava of, um, of, um, Aleo. But now the Gemara says, Midami Lidula. Oh my gosh, this stuff is a workout. So now the Gemara says, one second. Is, are these cases really comparable? Would Ula really say, meaning Ula says that sure, when you have this fellow who's a Mitzorah on the day, on day eight, he's a Mechusr Kippurim and he's also a Balkari, so since it's permitted for the Mechusr, for, for the Mitzorah, it's also permitted for the Balkari, fine. But would he say, that since I'm allowed to do Yibum with my brother's wife, I'm also allowed to do Yibum with my brother's wife when she's also my wife's sister? So granted that maybe in a situation where Ruvain first married Sarah and then afterwards Shimon married Rivke, who's Sarah's sister, meaning that when Ruvain, that from the time that Ruvain married Sarah, Already Shimon was also to Sarah as being his brother's wife. And then when Shimon goes and marries Rivke, Sarah's sister, Sarah, in addition to being Ruvain's brother's wife, is additionally now, no, no, I'm sorry, in addition to being Shimon's brother, Ruvain's wife, she is additionally now Shimon's wife, Rivke's sister. So first, there was the thing that wasn't allowed, which was Achos Ach, right? That Sarah is the wife of Shimon's brother, Ruvain. And then when Shimon marries Rivka, additionally, Sarah becomes Asr to Shimon because she's also now Shimon's wife, Rivka's sister. So, So granted, in a situation where first, 
Ruvain, who ultimately dies, that's why he's the mace, that Ruvain marries Sarah first, which makes Sarah also to Shimon first by being his brother Ruvain's wife. And then afterwards, Shimon marries, uh, meaning Shimon, the guy who's going to stay alive, the brother who stays alive, alive marries Rivke. That first came the Isser of Eshes Ach, and then afterwards came, right, which ultimately then becomes permitted in the context of Yibum. And then afterwards came the Isser of Achos Isha. Demigo de Ishtri Isser Eshes Ach. That since, I can argue that in line with Ula, that since the first thing becomes permitted, i.e. his brother's wife becomes permitted through Yibum, so then Ishtri Nami Isser Achos Isha. Then also, you know, once already your brother's wife becomes permitted to you, well then the second thing as well becomes permitted, i.e. your wife's sister. But Elanosa Chai, but what about in a situation where Shimon first marries Rivke, and only afterwards does Ruven marry Sarah, i.e. the first Isra that came around was that Sarah was Usr to Shimon on account of being the sister of Shimon's wife Rivke. That came first. And only afterwards when Ruvain then marries Sarah, does Sarah become Usr to Shimon also because of the fact that she's now Shimon brother's, Ruvain, Shimon's brother Ruvain's wife. So the first thing that came along was that Sarah was the sister of Shimon's wife Rivke. And then only secondly did she become also to Shimon on the count that also, on the count that also she is the wife of Shimon's brother Ruvain. So again, Elenosa Chai, but if Shimon first marries Rivke, and then only afterwards Ruvain marries Sarif, Isr Achos Isha Kodim. So the Isr, right, of Sarah being the Sister of Shimon's wife Rivke came first. The Afilu Nasa, I'm sorry, period, right? So, so, so that came first. In which case, when Ruvain dies, and therefore in the context of Yibum, the fact that uh, Sarah is Shimon's brother Ruvain's wife, maybe that becomes okay in the context of Yibum, but the first thing that came along, remains, which is that Sarah was first the sister of Shimon's wife Rivke, and that remains, and therefore that should be remain Usr, and Shimon should not be allowed to do Yibum with Sarah. And even in the first example, when Ruvain got married first, that Ruvain married Sarah, and Shimon only afterwards marries Rivke. So, i.e., that the Isser of Achos, ah, of, of, of Eshes Ach came before Achos Isha. But Nami still, Tenachecho Denoso Mes Vames. Granted, fine, maybe in a situation where Ruvain first married Sarah, and then Ruvain died. And by Ruvain dying, Sarah now, who is the, was the wife of Shimon's brother Ruvain, now becomes permitted to Shimon because Ruvain is dead. And then, after she's already permitted to Shimon, 
Shimon then marries Rivke, who's Sarah's sister, making Sarah now the sister of Shimon's wife, Rivke. And then afterwards, Shimon marries uh, Rivke. That at least in, you know, at least at the time that Shimon married Rivke, he was already permitted to Sarah because Reuven was already dead. But in the situation where Reuven marries Sarah, and then while he's still alive, and then afterwards Shimon marries Rivka while Ruvain was still alive and Sarah was still Osir to Shimon. Sarah was never permitted to Shimon. And continues the Gemara, Modi Ula, wouldn't Ula admit that going back to the case of the Mitzorah and the Balkari, Sheimra Kari Bilel Shmini, that if this fellow would have seen Kerry the night before, meaning in the example that we gave was that on the eighth day, this fellow saw Kerry, i.e. at a time when he was already permitted, right? After, on day seven, he goes to the mikvah. That night, he's already permitted. He just has to bring his korbanis. And then before he had a chance to bring his korbanis, he saw Kerry. But at least the Mitzorah was over at that point. But Ula would say that if he saw Kerry the night before, when the Mitzorah was not yet over, in that case, he would not put his hands into the Azar. If at the time that he saw Kerry, he, was, he wasn't yet done being a, a, a Mitzorah, he wasn't yet up to day 8 of being a Mitzorah, of the purification of the Mitzorah. Because if he saw, if he sees Kerry that night, the night before the eighth day, well then, he, 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 he never had any point where he was able to bring the Corbin. It wasn't yet the eighth day. And he already saw Kerry. So then it would not be allowed. He had, right, only in a situation where he saw Kerry on the eighth day where he was already able to bring his Corbin and he was no longer a Mitzorah. He was kind of out of that Parsha. Then he becomes a Balkari. That's when we say that he could still stick his hands into Azar. But if he never had any period where he was allowed, where he was like able to bring his korbanis, then he would not be able to stick his hands into Azar. And therefore, even in the situation of where Ruvain marries Sarah before Shimon marries Rivka, still, if at the time that Shimon marries Rivka, Ruvain is still allowed and Sarah is still also to Shimon, so then even when Ruvain dies, we wouldn't say that he'd be uh, permitted to marry Sarah. So therefore, we can't just simply apply the case of Hov Ishtri Ishtri. That since it's permitted, it's permitted. I mean, even when Ula says once it's permitted, it's permitted, it's only, he only says that when the carry was seen on day 8, when he was, was already able to bring his korbanis. So interestingly, the Gemara says, okay, you know what? When do we need Aleha? When do we need the Gezer Shava? All of a sudden it's limited. All of a sudden the Gemara says, yeah, you know when we need the Gezer Shava? We need the Gezer Shava to teach me that it's Osir for, to, 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 for Shimon to do Yibam with Sare 
if she is the sister of his wife Rivka? Only in a situation where Ruvain married Sarah and then Ruvain dies, which makes Sarah permitted to Shimon. And only at that point, once Shimon was already permitted to Sarah, does he then marry Rivka? I might think, right, make, making Sarah the sister of his wife Rivka, I might think to say, like Ula says by the Mitzorah and the Balkari, that since Shimon is allowed to marry Sarah, because Reuven's already dead at the time that he married Rivka, I might think that just like we waive the Achos Ach, the fact that, uh, the Eishas Ach, the fact that Sarah was the wife of his brother Reuven, I would think that we would also waive the fact that Sarah is the sister of his wife Rivke, to which we need the Gezer Shava of Aleha to say, don't say that. So now all of a sudden this Gezer Shava is limited to a situation where Reuven married Sarah and then died, and only afterwards did Shimon marry Rivka, that at the time that Sarah became the sister of his wife, she was already permitted him, permitted him because Reuven had already died. Friends, that's what you call Daf 7 of Masech the Yevamis. Wow! Oof! Oh! Wow! Oof! Okay, friends, what are we talking about in Daf 7? Talk about a whole bunch of geshmaka things. I'm like horse after this daf. It's such a, it really required all of my uh, energies on this daf. Akoponim. So, we, yesterday, at the end of the daf, we had tried to bring a proof from Los Sabari, but then we said, forget about it. It's not about Losase and Aseidoch Losase. Rather, it's a Kavachomer. Forget it. You can't learn from there. So, we tried to say that maybe it's that maybe we could say, well, initially your wife's, your brother's wife was also to you, like all the other arayos. But then it leaves that general rule to say that you're allowed to marry her in the context of Yibum. So maybe I would think to say that maybe all of the arayos are permitted in the context of Yibum. And therefore, I need the Gzer Shavav, Aleh, Aleh, to say, no, you're not allowed to marry, you're not allowed to do even if it's your wife's sister. To which the Gemara says, yeah, but that's, it's not a situation of Dava Shahayi Bechlal, Vyatsu, Minaklal, Lulamid. Rather, it's Dava Shahayi Bechlal, Vyatsu, Lido, Madavar, Achadosh. Rather, it's something that was initially included with the rest of the Arabs to say that it's Osir, but it was removed from that category to say something new, which is that in the context of Yibum, Taka, your brother's wife is now allowed. It can only teach us specifically about that case. It doesn't teach us about all the other cases. And therefore, we have no reason to assume that um, your wife's sister would be permitted in the context of Yibu. Then we tried to kind of say that, wait, well, maybe let's just simply argue, well, since your brother's wife is permitted, then maybe your wife's sister is also permitted. As simple as that. Then we say, but what do you mean? What We don't just say, oh, history, history. Right, or, or, you know, when do we say that? So basically, what we ended up saying is, well, we have this opinion of Ula that you can say, hold the history, history, in a situation of a Mitzorah on day eight, that who becomes a, um, Balkari, that even though a Balkari is Chayv Karis for sticking his hands into Azara, but since he's allowed to stick his hands into Azara as a Mitzorah on day eight, so he's also allowed to stick his hands into Azara, even though he became a Balkari that day as well. 
An interesting thing to point out is that that's specifically because he saw Kerry on day eight, i.e., that at the time that he saw Kerry, he was already able to bring his korbanos. He was already like out of the parsha of mitzor, which means that if we want to apply it to our case, it would be a situation where Ruvain married Sarah and then died, which means that Sarah is now permitted to Shimon, and then at the, at that time when Sarah was already permitted to Shimon, Shimon then married Sarah's sister Rivke, which then makes her. Sarah, um, 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 the sister of his wife Rivke, will say in that case, I would, I would, I would think to say in that case, well, since he was already permitted to Sarah, she should, he should already be permitted to, um, uh, Sarah, even when she is Rivke's sister, his wife's sister. Therefore, we need the, uh, to say, no, do not say, uh, that. Rather, um, you would not be allowed to marry, Shimon would not be allowed to marry Sarah if she is his wife Rivka's sister. Friends, peace.